0: Tonight we have some very special guests with us, you guys know them well, you've seen them around here, and Ms. Vicki has been serving here uh, at Firehouse, and so the Bob family is going to come up, give them a big hand as they come up, and they are going to share some stuff with us about where they're going and what God's doing in their life, and, and so I want you guys to pay attention, listen, and learn some stuff about missions.
1: All right, you all wake out there? I got any fishermen in the house? Oh man, I want to brag, I caught five redfish today, so life is good. All right, I've learned one thing, I've learned one thing living in Florida. You have to have a Guy Harvey shirt. Don't everybody have that? Got to fit in. So we've been here 12 years. We've been uh, serving with Team Missions, a local ministry here, and, and we've been missionaries for 12 years. Some of you guys are probably still in diapers back then. Justin, maybe one. He still might be in them. Uh, Anyway, uh, we just want to share a little bit about what God's doing in our life, and we we feel that God's been calling us to go to Cambodia. You guys know where Cambodia is? What part of Africa is Cambodia? North. North Africa, yeah. Can I get a picture up here? Maybe, maybe. That is something like Cambodia. Okay, anybody picture that on the map? Anybody? <coughs> ah, you're, ah you're, you're actually not that close. Yes, George. You yeah. You see China, and then you look straight down. You see that country that's that's like yellow, but not the bunch of yellow. The little yellow one. That's Cambodia. So it's like. It's like if your your time is like 12-hour difference. So if you would if you would start digging a hole right now, then in, th- in two and a half months you might beat us to Cambodia because it's like almost straight through the earth is where Cambodia is. So that's where God's called us to go. Next slide, please. That's what it looks like. It kind of looks like, you know, when you drive over to Orlando and you see all that grass and all that stuff like that. It kind of looks like that. But what Cambodia has, they have a lot of rice fields. But uh, Cambodia is a country that has gone through uh, what they call the Khmer Rouge. You guys familiar with that? Have you studied that in school? Okay. Well, they killed about about a third of their third of their citizens during that time period, and the church went from about eight thousand down to about three hundred. So the church was really persecuted. So. But since then, they've been able to build back up, and it's about 3.5% Christian. So, there's a few Christians there, but it's a Buddhist country, so God has called us there. We're going to work with, uh, with a ministry called Adventures of Missions. Anybody ever heard of that? No. Never. Anybody ever heard of anyone ever going on a, what they call the world race? You ever heard of that? Okay. They're the ones that sponsor the world race. So, that's the ministry we're going to be serving with. We're going to be like the host people... That when teams come, we'll be the people that will be there to uh, uh, meet, meet and greet the team and, and pour into those lives of those team members. Next slide, please. The city we'll live in is called Seam Reap, and it has the largest uh, religious site in the world. Has anybody ever seen Tomb Raider? Yeah. All right. That was filmed there. So it's like that cool rocks and all that other stuff with all the trees growing on it. So it's really cool. It's a big tourist area, so that's where we'll live. Next slide, please. All right. We're going to be working with a, a lot of different people there. God has called us there, and the ministry we're working with is doing church planting. So we're going to work with church planting, and the way they, the way they plant churches is it's pretty much hands-off. You empower the people that are there because, because who can reach those people? The, their own people, the nationals. So we need to train those nationals to be able to reach their people. We're outsiders, so it's a challenge for us. So we got to learn the language too. anybody anybody learn a second language? anybody anybody? They don't speak Spanish there. I'm sorry. That's what I was hoping. I was hoping they speak Spanish. But anyway, that's where God has called us. We're going to serve there and. Uh, I just want to tell you guys something before before I get off stage here. And I've been here twelve years and I've listened to Rob Jones preach. And you guys are blessed. You guys are blessed to hear good preaching. I don't get choked up. But every week you guys hear a good good Bible based sermon. You don't realize that, but you guys are blessed to be in a place that somebody preaches a word and you hear it every week. Don't take it for granted, okay? God's working on you. He's building you up right now. So take advantage of that, okay? This is a time for you to grow. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to have Miss Vicki come up, and she's going to share some other things that we have. She's going to share a little, a little message with you. She's the preacher of the family. Yeah. You guys probably know that, right? She's got notes and everything. Her Bible's upside down. Her paper's upside down. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Hi, guys.
2: (laughs) One of the hardest things about going in just a few weeks is leaving behind all the relationships that we've built. And I went into the last few months or so that I've spent with you all. I have uh, just grown to love each and every one of you. I've watched you Uh, just grow and I've watched in this little time I've seen you become more confident in your faith and step out I got to go to Jefferson FCA today and watch those kids there and see Angel speak in front of her peers and um, and I just am real encouraged by you all know it's going to be hard for me to leave you all because uh, I don't I want to see what God I want to keep seeing what God's going to do in you and I'm really excited and I want you to know that you're not too young to be a missionary either. And I don't want you to think that you have to wait till you get to Guatemala or you get my age or uh, you go to college or whatever, that I want you to know that you can be a missionary right now where you are. 1 Timothy 4.12 is the memory verse for this week. And it says, Let no man despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith and purity. So I want you to know that no one should look down on you and think you're too young for you to do whatever God's called you to do. That you're you're already ready. God's already ready to use you. And the best thing that you can do is to be an example to people around you in the way that you talk, in the way that you act, in the faith that you have and in the purity that you maintain in your life, the integrity that you have, and and how Rob talked last week about the sins that we can push aside and remove from our life and live different from those around us. Um, There's a quote that I like that says, uh, wherever the providence of God may dump us down, in a slum, in a shop, in the desert, where we have to labor along the line of His direction, Never allow this thought to enter your mind. I have I am no use I am of no use where I am, because you certainly can't be of use where you aren't. So wherever he is engineered, your circumstances pray. So we think and, and this is what I thought when I was growing up, I thought, you know, when I get older I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going to do great things for God. But if we're not doing great things for God right now, we're never going to be able to do great things for God later. That every day that we should be living ready to share the gospel, ready to be an example, ready to be obedient. And every, every little bit of obedience that we exercise in our life to what God has for us to do comes with the full power of the, the creator of the earth behind it. So every time that we obey the Lord, he empowers us a little more to do more and to do more. And... Um, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to encourage you that that you're you guys are in schools where kids are confused, things are confusing all around you, and we may not have all the answers to life. We may not know all the answers. And you know, I've been a Christian since I was seven years old. I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven, so it's it's been a lot of years. I'm like 27 now, right? <laughs> Don't laugh. And, and I'm still learning. I still don't know everything. I still read passages in the Bible that confuse me. And I go, I don't really understand that. Even last week, I asked Pastor Rob, I said, what do you think about this? I read this this morning in my devotions. What do you think this means? And so I don't, no one expects you to have all the answers. But God expects you to be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. And that's another verse that I had on a slide that said, 1 Peter uh, 3.15. It says, in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy. Always being ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. And do it with gentleness and respect. And I, I hope I'm not going to embarrass Zoe. But Zoe, uh, a while back in school, befriended a, a, a boy in her class that really was not walking the Christian life. And, and he was openly gay in and, and her class, and she really wanted to be a friend to him. And she worked really hard to establish a relationship where he knew that he, she cared about him. And in the middle of class one day, one of the other kids in class said, Zoe, you're a Christian, aren't you? And she said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And she said, well, if you're a Christian, what if, I don't remember his name, what about Bobby? Bobby. Bobby's gay. Is Bobby going to hell? And Zoe didn't know what to say, and she was devastated because she had worked really hard to establish this relationship to Bobby to know that he cared about her, and she didn't know what to say. And that day, I picked her up from school, and she was really, really upset. She was just she felt like she didn't know she didn't know the answer. She didn't know what the Bible says, you know, and and all this th- stuff. So. First thing we did was go out for ice cream, right? Because ice cream makes everything better. (laughs) Always, always makes everything better. And then we talked, and I said, Zoe, you don't have to have all the answers. If someone asks you a question that you don't have the answer for, here's what you say. I don't know about Bobby, and only God knows the condition of Bobby's heart and whether Bobby's going to hell or to heaven. The only person that I can answer for is me. And here's how I can tell you that I know for sure that I'm going to heaven. And if I don't leave you with anything else tonight, I want you to all be able to say with definite surety that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever doubted? How many of you have gone laying in your bed at night and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. I'm afraid that if I die tonight, God, I'm not going to heaven. And just last week, a girl shared with me that every night she asked God to save her all over again because she's afraid that she's not going to heaven. And I want you to know that we don't have to be afraid, that we can know for sure that we are a child of the king. You are adopted by God into his family you are put into his family, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and I want you all to know for sure how you can do that. So if you can't raise your hand and tell me, Miss Vicky, I know that no matter what happened tonight that I go to heaven. Tonight when you leave, I want you to be able to look me in the eye and say, now I know, and I'm going to show you how. Because God's word is very clear about how we know that we're saved. We don't ever have to doubt it. The doubt and the fear comes from the enemy who wants you to feel like you don't know but god has made it clear in his word and he's told us and we can stand on that and we can be ready to give an answer for that hope so if someone in your school wants to know what's different about you why what's you're not like everyone else you you're a little different why are you and i want you to be able to tell them it's not because i'm good it's not because i do all the right things it's not because uh, God loves me more than he loves anyone else. It's because of these scripture and what God promised us. So the first scripture is John 3.16. How many of you know John 3.16? Who can tell me? Dominic, is that your name? What's your name? Ralph. Ralphie. Sorry, I can't see. Can you stand up and tell me John 3.16, Ralphie? I can't see the lights are in my eyes and my glasses are all cloudy. Okay. That's right, that's the one I know. That's right. <laughs> God loved you so much. You can put your name in there. God loved Rachel so much. God loved Ralphie so much. God loved whoever, you, your name so much that he gave his only son. He gave the best thing that he had. He gave his very, very best, his most treasured possession. I have one son. His name's Canaan. I have three daughters. I have one son. And as much as I've gotten to know you and as much as I love you all, I'm sorry, but I don't think that I could say, I'll let my son die for you. I'll let Canaan die so that Ralphie can live. No matter how much I love Ralphie, Gosh, I love my son so much, I don't think I could do that. But God did. He loved you so much before he, before you were even knew him. He loved you enough to let his son die for you. And then it says that whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That you will have. It doesn't say you might have, you could have. If you do everything right, if you follow all these rules... If, if you don't ever say a bad word that you'll go to heaven. No, it says whoever believes in Jesus will not perish that means you won't, you won't be an eternity alone without God, but that you'll have eternal life in heaven. I mean, that's enough of a promise right there, right? That we know that. Whoever believes in the name of Jesus Christ will have eternal life. The next one is Romans 3.23 Does anyone know that one? Logan? I think I know it. I could be <laughs> devastatingly wrong. <laughs> yeah, you got to stand up, Logan. Yeah on
0: short of the glory of God.
2: That's right. All of us have sinned, right? We've all done wrong. Good job. We've all done wrong. We've all sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of heaven. There's nothing that we can do on our own to earn heaven. We can't make God love us. God already loves us, and the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He came to bridge that gulf. When I teach this to little kids, <clears throat> I draw I, well. I draw a line right here, and I draw a line there, like a sand pit for the long jump. And I have them all get in a line, and I tell them all to try to jump. I'm going to tell them, here's where we are, and that's heaven. See if you can jump from here to there on your own. And they all try. You know, the one guy, the one kid, the eight-year-old kid that thinks he's really good. Oh, can I, can I go way back and jump? Can I run really far? You go ahead. You try. And they'll all try, and they can't make it. They cannot get to heaven on their own. But then I take the chalk, and I draw a cross, and I show them how Jesus built the bridge so that we don't have to try to get there on our own. And I've talked to um, a lot of people who say, well, I'm a good person. I don't don't need to be a Christian. I'm good enough. And if it came down to me being good, I would never make it because I'm not a very good person. I make mistakes all the time. Romans 6.23. I don't see any hands. Okay. Romans 6.23 says, did I have a hand? Oh, yes, Dylan. Go ahead, Dylan. Right. The wages of sin is death. That what we deserve for the sin we have in our lives is to die. Wages are things you earn, right? If you mow the yard, you get paid. That's your wages. Those are things you earn. We have earned death. We have earned punishment because we're sinners. But God gave us a free gift that we don't have to do anything for. And that free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's um, just like if I would have brought a present tonight and I would have wrapped it up real pretty and I would have put a nice bow on it and I would have sat it right here and I would have said... George, this gift is for you. I want you to have it. And you'd go, oh, that's really cool. That's really nice. That's a really good gift. And then you turn around and you leave it here. Did you receive that gift, even though I gave it to you? No, No, you didn't receive it. So the gift that God gives us, all we have to do is receive that gift into our life. And that's Jesus Christ. And it's free. We don't have to do anything to earn it. And we can't be good enough to earn it. I used to think that I wasn't good enough. That I didn't have enough talent, that I didn't have anything that God could use. And my best friend, she was beautiful and she was, she could sing and she could play the piano and she, she entered every beauty pageant coming and going and she won every one of them. And, and I really had a hard time because I thought she's beautiful and what do I have? I don't have anything. And I really felt worthless um, because I was measuring myself up to her. But what I realized was that God had created me for a special purpose. And he created her for a special purpose. And my best friend married a man who's a pastor. And she's a pastor's wife. And she does amazing things. And I became a missionary. And you know what she told me one day? She said, I'm so jealous of you because I would love to be able to do what you do, but I'm too scared to do it. And you see, God equipped me to do it, and I'm not scared. I mean, I I have some anxiety sometimes. I worry, but I'm not scared because I'm doing what God gifted me to do. Do you think I could be a pastor's wife? Probably not because I don't know how to keep my mouth shut when I should. So I would probably get in trouble. So... But being a missionary, I'm not supposed to keep my mouth shut. I'm supposed to talk. I'm supposed to tell people about what's going on in my life. So, But see, I was trying to live who God made her to be. I wanted to be who she was. And she wanted to be who I was. Do you see? We were measuring ourselves up to each other instead of being who God created us to be. And as I look around this room, each one of you is different. And each one of you is beautiful or handsome or talented or gifted. And I watch each of you and I see what God's put in you, the, the things that you have that God can use. And he has uniquely gifted you to do specifically what he wants you to do. And if we'll just surrender our lives and say, God, I don't know what you have planned for me, but I'm willing to do it. And just act in obedience when God asks us to do something. And share the gospel with someone. And that may, that doesn't mean you have to, you have to know all the verses. That just means that you're kind and you love them. And sometimes it just means that you'll walk across the cafeteria and you'll sit at a table of someone you don't know who may be sitting alone and not worry about your pride or your embarrassment or your insecurity and just be kind to someone else. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Maybe going to Africa doesn't bother you, but going across the cafeteria is a scary walk. And I understand that. My my hard place is with with our family. And it's really hard for me to be a witness to my family because I'm afraid of rejection. But if I'm not a witness to them, am I doing them any favors? No. And I don't have to preach all the time. I can let my actions and my life speak for me. And God can use that in a mighty way. Like I said, every little act of obedience brings the full power of God and his Holy Spirit behind it. And all we have to do is be obedient and God will do the rest. So we know that we're all sinners. We know that we deserve to die. But God gave us a free gift of eternal life. And then Romans 10.13 says, does anyone know that one? While I turn to it. Does anyone know Romans 10.13? Did someone raise their hand because I can't look? Okay, go ahead. Oh, you're cheating. But go ahead. Go ahead. Can you say that again, Ralphie? Say that again. So does that leave anyone out? No. Does God say I might choose you, but I won't choose you? God, that word, that word says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's our confidence and the hope that we have. I know that I'm going to heaven today because I believe in Jesus Christ. I know I sinned. God gave me a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And I called on the name of the Lord and I'm saved. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to doubt. I don't have to think tonight that I might go to hell if I die. When I was your age, I was scared to death that if I died, I was going to go to hell. And I didn't have to live in that fear. And if the devil keeps you in that fear, he keeps you from living the life that God has for you. If I'm too afraid to go where God's called me to go, then I'm just going to sit where it's comfortable and I'm going to waste away. But I need to do what God asked me to do here, and then I need to be ready to do what God's going to call me to do somewhere else. Just so you know, 12 years ago when we became missionaries, I was teaching a group of students, and I said, God can ask me to go anywhere. I'm not afraid. I'll go anywhere. I'll go to Africa. I'll go in the bush of Africa. But if he asked me to go to Asia, I don't think I can do it because it scares me to death. Guess what? Did God call me to Asia the next day? No. He said, you know what, Vicky? don't be scared. It's nothing to be afraid of. So he sent me on a trip to Indonesia in the jungle, in the middle of nowhere, with centipedes this big. It was the best summer I ever had. It was the hottest summer I've ever had. It was the best summer I ever had. Then a couple years later, he sent me to Nepal, to into the plains of Nepal, down by Bangladesh. That was, that was the next hottest place I've ever been. They had never seen white people there. We couldn't talk to anyone. I went to town to try to buy sugar. They kept giving me candy. They didn't know what I was asking for. I couldn't even buy sugar. That, God exposed me and, and prepared me. And little by little, he got me ready. Till by the time I went to Cambodia two years ago, I was in love with them. I'm like, I don't ever want to leave here. I love these people. And, and so God prepares us little by little for what he wants us to do, but it takes a step of obedience. When I was asked to go to Borneo, I said, I can't go there. I can't go there. There's nothing but a jungle. What if What if something happens? And my friend said, well, you haven't prayed about it, have you? And I was worried I wouldn't have a place to feed my team. I was worried there wouldn't be a place to go to the bathroom. What do I do if I have to go to the bathroom? What do I do if it rains and I have to cook in the rain? What, do I, what if there's no water? What if there's no place to clean up? And, and God just said, "Will you trust me. Just trust me. And that next day, in my email, came a message from a man in Indonesia that we were going to be working with. And he said, I want you to know, we went out to the property that you're going to, and we cleared it all off for your team to start the building site. And we have fresh running water all the time on the property. Cha-ching! He said, and we built a kitchen for you with a tarp over it so you can cook, cha-ching, and we have two stoves for you to cook on, and a nice place for you to cook, cha-ching, and we put in solar lights, so you don't have to be in the dark at night, we put in, yeah, cha-ching, we put in two toilet blocks, which are squatty potties, which, eh, but, you know, I'll take it, and so that was taken care of, and then they said, and we have two shower rooms for you to clean up, every worry that I had was taken care of as soon as I surrendered my control to the Lord. And God said, I got your back. I'm going to take care of you. Okay. So then the last verse is Romans 10, 9, and 10. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So all that we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And we can believe it here, can't we? We can believe, well, I know that God's there probably, and Jesus is God's son, but that's all I know. But it has to go from here to here to where you say, I know that God is real, and I know that Jesus died for my sins. And then when we can say that out loud, then we believe it, right? If we can say it, then we believe it. But until we can say it and confess it, the the belief hasn't gone from here to here. So then with confession, we're justified and we're made right. And so that's all it takes, guys, to know the hope that's in you. And that's the answer that you can give. You may not know all that that God's word says. And you may not know all the theology things. And I don't. It hurts my head. I don't want to know. I don't want to argue I just want to share God's love with people. And I want you to do that too. And I want you to know that you can make a difference no matter how old you are, no matter what you do for God, and even the smallest thing can make a huge difference. And I'm going to close with one story. And I think there's a picture of a girl and a guy. That's probably the last one of the last slides. And this girl, Emily, on the left, went on a world race team. And on her world race team, she spent a month in Cambodia. And while she was in Cambodia, she stayed at a guest house. And at that guest house, she got to know the boy on the, right, on the other side. And the boy on the other side, his name is Viet. And she got to know Viet, and she really liked Viet. And she heard Viet's story, and I want to tell you Viet's story. Viet uh, was, when his mom was pregnant for him, his dad died while his mom was still pregnant. And everyone told him, including her family, that she should have an abortion that she shouldn't have Veet because she couldn't take care of him. He had some siblings that it was enough, already too much for her to take care of the siblings, and she should just have an abortion because she can't take care of another baby. But Veet said that she loved him enough that she gave birth to him and raised him. And she raised him until he was about 13, and then she couldn't afford to send him to school anymore. So she sent him to town to see Marie to get a job, to stay with his aunt so he could make enough money that he could eventually go back to school. So Veet moves to Seam Reap, gets a job in a guest house, and gets to know Emily. Emily gets to know Veet. Emily knows that Veet wants to go to school. While Emily's serving in Cambodia, she comes out to the property uh, that Teen Missions had and learns that we have a Bible school for free and we have a boot camp. And she wants to make sure that Veet gets to go to that boot camp. So while we were there two years ago, a man came and brought Viet to meet me and said, I have this young man that wants to go to boot camp and wants to go to Bible school, and I want to know what he needs to do. And we said, well, it's free. He can come if he goes through boot camp and he finishes the boot camp, which is a two-week training camp for Cambodian teenagers to go to be trained to be missionaries, and then they go on a month-long mission trip in their country and do missions work in their country. So we train Cambodian teens just like you to be missionaries. So we said, if he completes that camp, then he's eligible to come to Bible school. So Viet came to boot camp and I got to teach the Bible classes at boot camp. And Viet came with the Buddhist bracelets. He was a Buddhist and he wore his bracelets proudly. And as I was teaching the gospel classes to them, and I was sharing how they could be a Christian I told them, if you decide that you're going to surrender your life to Jesus and you want to be a Christian and you give your heart to the Lord, I want to be the first one to know. I want you to come tell me because I want to rejoice with you because we become brother and sister. So a couple of days later, Vic came to me with his story written out on a piece of paper. And he said, I want you to know, Teacher Vicki, that's what they call me, that I gave my heart to Jesus and I want you to know my story. And you see that Emily made a difference in Viet's life. Emily, being obedient to going on that mission trip to Cambodia, connected her with Viet. She got Viet to boot camp. Viet gave his heart to the Lord. Viet is just about to finish Bible school and do an internship, and uh, and um, all because one person was obedient. And on a short-term mission trip that some people think don't do any good. So I want you to know that you can make a difference like that too. You're not too young. No thing is too small to do for the Lord. Just be willing to be used in whatever God has for you. And I want you to know that I'm going to be praying for each of you. And I'm going to be checking up with Pastor Rob and asking how things are going. I'm going to be watching to hear stories about what you all are doing here. Because I'm going to be praying for you guys to be missionaries here and to carry the gospel here. And I'm going to take you with me to Cambodia and you can pray for us too, okay? Because we're going to be partners in this together. And together, we can make a big difference in God's kingdom. Always be willing and be ready to give an answer for the hope that's in you. All right? Thanks.
0: Thank you guys. Actually, Miss Vicki, can you come back up here and can Shannon and Zoe come up too with you? Yeah, come on back up for a second. We just want to love you guys and send you off with some prayer. And um, I just, I want to thank you You guys have been such an impact in our church and firehouse for years and um, in this community and around the world. And so you have a very special place in our hearts. And Zoe, I just want to tell you, I don't want to embarrass you, but I got to tell you this. We love you so much. I love sitting in Sunday school watching you, listening to you about your week every Sunday morning. And I love seeing you FCA praise in Jesus. And I love that your parents aren't dragging you to Cambodia. You want to go, and I hear the passion in your heart. And for you at your age to be a part of this, is so special. So anyway, we have some stuff. Can you bring that up real quick? You're gonna be missing America a little bit, I know. So, we got a, just a couple of gifts for you guys to take with you. That one's for you, and this one's for all of you. Just some goodies and stuff to take with you so you guys enjoy the trip and miss home. So, um, you take that with you in a second, but we're gonna pray for them real quick. I'm gonna ask you guys, will you stand up? And we're going to do something a little different. You all can't come up here because the stage will collapse. But just do me a favor. Just kind of put a hand out like this toward them. Like we're kind of laying hands on this family. And let's pray. Okay? So close your eyes and just pray with me. And let's ask God to protect them as they go. Father God, we love you so much. And I thank you that we get brothers and sisters to be examples to us like this. God, with hearts that say, I want to give everything to you, Jesus. We'll uproot our lives and go across the world because you've called us to go. And that obedience, Lord, we want in all our hearts. Father, will you protect this family? Will you use them in ways that are unimaginable right now and blow their mind every day that they're out serving you in the mission field? Will you keep them closely connected? Let them know that they have a church body here that loves them with all their heart and supports them in what they're doing. And will you be glorified at the end of the day? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys, <laughs> love you guys. <laughs>